Amen. Have your Bibles. We want to turn to uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 22, the portion that we read together. Proverbs 22. My text is found in verse 3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I want to speak about the prudent and the simple man. The prudent and the simple man. Proverbs 22 and the verse 3. Let's have a wee word of prayer. Loving Father in heaven, we thank you for the singing of the old-fashioned gospel hymns. We love to sing. We love to sing of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour. And we come now to thy word. I pray for help. I pray, Lord, that thou will speak to those who's not saved, not, Lord, ready to meet thee. I pray thou will bring them to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, even this very night. I ask for help to speak and I pray for thy blessing that you be glorified in all that be said and done. I pray in Jesus' wonderful and great name. Amen. The prudent and the simple man. As we cast our eyes over the world, it is estimated that today there's 8 billion people living upon the earth. The number is increasing every second. And every day the world's population is growing at 200,000 people every day. This great multitude of people that tell us these facts and figures are broken up into 223 nationalities. And as you and I lift up our eyes tonight, we see a difference in people. We see a difference in their colours, in their customs, and in their creeds. 223, they tell us, round about, more or less, nationalities all over the world. But when God looks down from heaven, he sees two. One human race divided into two. We read that of, when we look at the word of God, many, many times it is brought before us. There's a saved and there's a lost. In this village of Crossgar tonight, as God looks upon it, he breaks it down into two. There's those who are saved and there's those who are lost. There are those who are among the sheep, and there are those who are the goats. There are those who are the terrors and those who are the wheat. There are those tonight in this village, because we're in Cross Guard tonight, and they're on the broad road that leads to destruction, and then there's those who's on the narrow way that leads to life. And that's how God separates us. That's the line of separation here tonight in this meeting. The dividing line right down this congregation. Those who saved and those who's lost. And that's what you find when you read Proverbs. You read about the foolish. There's a lot of foolish people, no doubt, around your village. Maybe tonight, listen to my voice. Maybe in this meeting, you're, you're among that group. You're among the group. You're foolish. And then there is those who's the wise. And you'll call, find when you read here, there's the foolish man. Oh, there's a wise man. Right throughout the book, what, what the wise man does, the man of God, the one who's saved and following the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he tells us a number of cases, well, what the foolish man does. And you can follow that line of thought throughout the book. The foolish and the wise. I wonder, just before we move on tonight, where do you stand in relation tonight? I am on the wise people. Those who are saved belong to Jesus Christ. Or are you among the foolish? But here's where Solomon brings a, 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 a truth before us here tonight. A contrast between 
the wise man and the foolish man. And that's what we want to look at tonight, the prudent and the simple man as mentioned in our text. He tells us in verse 3, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Now, just a couple of things I want to say. There's a danger that this, these men have faced. These men both faced the same danger. And what was it? Well, you can see here in the passage, it's described, it's described by one word, it's described by the word evil. Now, when you read that word, it can mean wicked. It can mean that which is wrong, that which is bad, that which is distress, that which gives harm, that which gives sorrow. It can mean a lot of things. Think there, for instance, in Genesis 44, verse 22, Judah, he's telling Joseph what had happened about his father. And his father had said, if you take this also from me, which was Benjamin, and mischief befall him, you shall bring down my grey hair, my grey hairs with sorrow to the grave. And that's what Jacob said. Listen, if you take Benjamin from me, um, I lose him. Because remember, he thought he had lost Joseph. And he believed he had lost Joseph. And he says, if you take Benjamin from me, you'll bring my grey hairs right down to the grave with sorrow. See the word sorrow, that's the same word as evil. That's the same word as evil that's mentioned here that's in our text. But this word I want to say to you tonight can mean sin and occasions. That's what it's referring to. For instance, in Genesis 6, verse 5, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was, was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You see those two words, wickedness and evil. That's the same word as in our text. And what did God see? What did God see when he looked down from heaven upon the human race? He saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and was only evil continually. He saw their sin. And so we find here evil can refer to sin. Here's two men faced with sin. Think of the reference in Psalm 51 verse 4. David said, Against thee and only have I sinned. And here's what he said. I've done this evil. We know David. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. And David's sin had found him out. He's face to face with Nathan the prophet. And, and he says here, I have done this evil. I have sinned and I have done this evil. And David refers to his sin as something that was evil. My sin is evil. Remember the Bible tells us, of through of all men, behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceived me. So we find here something that all men are faced with. Born in sin and shaping and iniquity. And sin is evil. We want to say that tonight from the pulpit. Sin is evil. Sin is wicked. There are some pulpits tonight and they're silent. When I'm traveling to, to church, preaching churches, sometimes you listen to that Service is on in the morning there. You hear it on about 10 o'clock or quarter past 10, BBC. And I actually listened to this morning's message. And I listened to man preaching. Now, what he said, there's a lot of truth in what he said. He actually preached on the, the, the lost sheep. And there's a lot of truth in it. But you know something? I never heard him talk about sin. 
I never heard him mention it. I didn't say to the congregation, remember this, there's an evil in the world. You have an evil in your heart. You have something that's evil in your life. And I'm telling you what it is. It is sinning against God. And sin is something. It is something that is evil. It is evil and there's rebellion. For sin is against God. Against a great God. Remember Joseph when he was tempted to commit adultery there with Potiphar's wife, Genesis 39 verse 9. And he's saying to this woman, there's none greater in this house than I. Neither has he kept back anything from me but thee because thou art his wife. Here's what he said. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And he realized an adultery, not a sin here. It's, it's great wickedness. It's the same word for evil. How can I do it? How can I sin? How can I sin in this fashion? And here he tells this lady, why? It's against God. And that God is holy. And God is great. And yet that is what sin is. Is it his rebellion against God. And God is great. And you know that tonight in a Bible-believing church, our God is great, our God is mighty, and our God is holy. And people forget that. They think sin, really nothing much. You're sinning against the King of kings and God of gods. It's a great crime. I want to emphasize that tonight. Any in the meeting who's unconverted or any who's listening in tonight, your life is full of sin. It's great wickedness. In the sight of God, you're sinning against a great God. And 1 John 3 verse 4 tells us, Very plainly what sin is, Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. It's against God. And so here is these two men, and they're faced with this evil. They were both faced with it in their life. And we know tonight that sin it's unclean. We know tonight it is corrupt. We know tonight that sin is rebellion against the God of the Bible. And every one of us, every one in the meeting, every one listening to my voice tonight, we have all failed, we have all rebelled, and we have all sinned. I don't come to pulpits, I don't go around up and down the country and holding gospel meetings and telling people that I'm better than anyone in the congregation or in the community. That is not the case. Because myself and other preachers, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And we all have committed sin. And we have all rebelled. And we have all committed evil against God. Every one of us. And we're all faced. Remember in, in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 20. For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good. And listen, and sinneth not. That's true. You maybe know people at work and they say, well, I do nothing wrong. I don't really sin. But the Bible says there's not one. There's not one person in the whole earth that doeth good and sinneth not. And we've all, we've all rebelled against the Lord. Well, these men in their lifetime, born in sin, shaping in iniquity, well, they were faced with this danger or this defilement that, that was sin. The danger they faced. Sin is also even others' rebellion. This also is evil in that it rules. What I mean by that? There's something overpowering about sin. Some people think, I can just give up. 
I, I can let it go. You know, at any particular time, I can let that habit go. I can stop it. I can stop the immorality. I can stop the lying. I can stop the cheating. I can stop the swearing. I can stop the drugs. I can stop the booze. Just in a moment, the click of the fingers will then stop it. You see, but don't stop it. You see, evil, sin is evil. It's like a, it's like a grasp around people. With chains of immorality, chains of wickedness, and chains of sin. That's what the Lord Jesus said in John 8, verse 34. He says, And whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And what's Christ saying? Whoever lives in sin, he's a slave. He's a slave of sin. I'd be going home tonight, and I'd be driving through Newcastle, and the streets would be up and down the streets, and the pubs would be going in and out of the pubs. You see it all the time. People's a slave of sin, and they run after sin. They're held by it. There's a verse in Proverbs 23, verse 35, about the drunkard. I remember in my own saved days when I used to drink four or five nights a week, I remember learning if you got a hangover, you had to go for a cure. And you had to go for more drink in the morning, first thing in the morning. Get more drink, and it'll cure you. I learned that as a young lad. You had to get more drink, but I didn't know it was in the Bible. I never knew that such a teaching was found in the Bible about the drunkard. I didn't know it. But here's what it says in Proverbs 22, 3, verse 35. They have stricken me. And I shall say I was not sick. They have beaten me and I felt it not. When I shall awake, here's what he said. I will seek it yet again. Do you see him? The night before has been rough, it's been tough. He's been fighting, he's got a hiding. But he says, when I awake, I will seek it again. I must, I must go and get more drink. You see, sin, sin is evil in that it rules. It holds people in their grasp. They cannot get away from it. There are people tonight, no doubt, in, in this village of Cross Gyar, and they're held. They're held by sin tonight. And you maybe know them in your family, your friends, your workplace, the community, in your school, the university. They're people's held. You see, sin is evil. It, it rules. It holds. It grasps people. Somebody find that my voice finds you tonight in this meeting. That sin is holding you in its grasp. I won't let you go. The sin is evil, you see. This is the danger that, that both these men face. And so also sin is evil in that it ruins. You know the wonderful thing about it is when God made the heavens and the earth. In Genesis 1 verse 31, and God looked at this lovely world that he made. And here's what it says. He saw that everything was what? It was very good. Everything. God had made it. By his power, he had made a world that's very good. But you only have to go a couple of chapters and you just have to look at the world that God had made. It's not very good anymore. We find it's very bad. A sin has entered into the world. Adam and Eve have fallen against God. And what is it? Sin has ruined everything. It ruined their home, ruined their lives. It was going to ruin their soul, except for the intervention of God. And sin is something that is evil. It is evil. It ruins. And there's many a home, no doubt, in Cross Gyar. And sin has ruined homes. There's many lives, and I could tell you stories of people I know, but I'm not doing it tonight. 
Sin has ruined our lives. And eventually, sin will ruin their soul. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now I know it says in Hebrews 11, verse 25, there's pleasure in sin for a season, just for a season. There are people tonight in this community, there are people in Northern Ireland tonight, and they're in the world, and the places of the world, and they're laughing and dancing, and they're saying within their heart, I'm having the time of my life. They're enjoying the pleasure of sin for a, for a season. But the season will soon be over. Then what? Then there's hell. Thus the evil of sin. It ruins people. And it's ruining good people. And I know people over my lifetime, you know something? Drink has ruined them. It has ruined, ruined great men. Sorry, good men who could have been good men in the community. It has ruined them completely. And ruined their soul at the last. So these men were faced with this with this danger that they faced, this evil, this evil of sin in the world. And everyone, everyone who's brought into this world has to face it and commits evil and commits sin against God. And it is true of everyone who hears my voice tonight in this meeting because we've all sinned against the Lord and we've all committed evil. Here's the danger that they faced. Sin, ruin, and hell. And that's true of all people. We are not born, I want to say this, we are not born with our faces towards heaven. We're born with our face towards hell. Remember Paul said in Ephesians 2 verse 3, children of wrath, even as elders. Children of wrath, even as elders. We're brought into this world. So that's the danger that they face, these two men. Can I say secondly, the decisions that they made. The decisions that they made. First is the prudent man. They want to deal with him. Or that can mean crafty or cunning. Now we have here his sight. A prudent man. He foreseeth the evil. The text tells us here about his sight. Foreseeth means to consider or to take heed. He foresees the evil. What, what did he see? Well, uh, this is the grace of God in his heart, by the way. He's as blind, he's as dark as a simple man. But now he sees something. What does he see? He sees the folly of his sin. He sees the ruination that he is facing. He does not. He does not look at the present. He's looking at the end. And he sees this. And he sees he's lost without the Lord Jesus Christ. He has sinned against God. He's in great danger. He sees us. You know what's wrong with our problems today? There are many people today, they don't see it. They don't see this. But when you read the Bible, that's what it says. Remember? The Lord Jesus Christ said in John 3, verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now, notice what Christ's saying here. For those who's not saved, there's something abiding. And it means hovering over the top of them. What is it? It's the wrath of God. In danger. The wrath of God, in a sense, just going over it like a cloud. Over, over the wicked. Over the sinner. And about, about to burst upon them. Such is God's hatred of sin. 
His wrath it is upon the heads of those without Jesus Christ. But this man, he sees it. He sees what's happening. He sees his state. He sees he's lost. He sees he has sinned against God. His wrath is upon him and he deserves, he deserves to be lost. And what does he do? His sight, his shelter. But here's what it tells us. He forsaith the evil and he hideth himself. That's what he does. He says, I need to do something about this. I need a place of shelter. I need someone, someone who can save me. And so he hides himself. He runs and hides himself. Remember, John the Baptist preached, he said, Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath of God to come? Or from the wrath to come? To flee from it. But this prudent man, he runs. And he runs to hide himself. You know, there's a day coming when about too late. You can read about that in Genesis, or sorry, Revelation chapter 6. The day of the Lord, and when they come, and they'll say to the mountains, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on his throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. They run. This, this people, at the end of the time, they're not saved. They're not right with God, and they're running, and they're hiding themselves in the tents, and they're trying to hide themselves in the mountains, but it's too late. Too late to hide themselves. But this prudent man runs and he hides himself. And I asked you tonight, where can the sinner hide themselves? There's only one place. The Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, play for me. We were singing that tonight. Let me hide myself, thyself in me. The Lord Jesus is the only place of shelter. He is the only saviour. There's nowhere else. I say that tonight. There's nowhere else to hide. There are people tonight say, I'm hiding in a particular church. Others say, I'm hiding in my works. Or I'm hiding in some other religion. No good. There's only one place to hide. And that's Christ. He's only refuge. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation. Notice the words, to them which are in, in Christ Jesus. In other words, those who are in the Lord Jesus Christ are saved. God's condemnation will never, will never fall upon them because it has fallen upon Christ. He's the rock of our salvation. He's the one who left heaven. He's the one who came into this world and bled and died upon the cross and shed his blood. He's the only saviour. And this man sees the evil. But he sees the way of escape. The Lord Jesus, Son of God, as Paul says, who loved me and gave himself for me. And he runs and runs this man by faith. And he puts himself in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. He hides himself in the Lord Jesus Remember Psalm says, Psalm 143, verse 9, Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. You see the words? He wants delivered. He wants safety. He wants protection. What does he do? He says here that he would flee to the Lord to hide me. And this man, this prudent man, he came to Christ. Hide me. Did Dan Faith not do the same? He was very soon to fall into hell. And he said, Lord, 
Remember me. The Lord Jesus saved them. The prudent man saw there was a place of safety. That's why we sang that great hymn, Thy blessed rock of ages. I'm hiding in thee. And you glad tonight to be saved. Those of us who are saved, trusting Christ as Lord and Saviour. Our sins have been washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ. We were singing that great hymn tonight. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. I'm glad tonight. I'm hiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm resting in him. The prudent man, he forsaith the evil and he hideth himself. He's hiding himself in Christ. It's up where you are tonight. up where my voice finds you tonight. Maybe you say, no, no, no I, I, I'm not there yet. I have never left my sin. You must turn from your sin and come to Christ. I have never trusted the Lord Jesus as my Savior. You must trust him. He's the only Savior. There's no other way. There's no other way back to God. There's no other one who can take away your sin. We know when we sing that little chorus with the boys and girls, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me holy again? Well, nothing. But the blood of Jesus, that message never changes. This prudent man forsaith evil, and he hid himself in Christ. And that's what you need to do if you're all converted tonight, listen to my voice. The word of the Lord, he sees evil, he knows he's lost, and he runs, he runs to the only one who can save him. That's the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus can save you tonight and take away your sin if you come to him. And that's the prudent man. That's what he did. That's the decision he made. By the grace of God, he run, and he trusts Christ to save him. Well, the simple man. That's a different story altogether, as we'll see here. It tells us simple means foolish. What does he do? He passeth on. And it tells us the simple pass on and are punished. The pass on, we were singing a couple of hymns tonight about passing on. Well, here's the simple man. He passes on, and I say to you, heedlessly. What I mean by that? He's not listening. He's not listening to the exhortations. They're not, he's not listening to the warnings. Turn from your sin and come to Jesus Christ. But he's not listening. He passes on heedlessly. Heedlessly. As if he's putting his fingers in his ears, he says, I don't want to hear the gospel. I don't want to come to Christ. He passes on heedlessly. The Lord spoke about such people. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 24, Because I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded it, but ye have said it not all my counsel, and would have none of my reproof. God has said, in my counsel, my reproof. I have called you, I have spoken to you, but you have refused. You see, they pass on. They pass on heedlessly. And they're not listening. And as there's someone here tonight listening to my voice, and they're not listening, they're not listening. And the minister of this church been trying to preach to you for years, your mum, your dad, been trying to preach to you as well. They pass on. They pass on heedlessly. We were singing the hymn, Passing onward, quickly passing, Many on the downward road. 
careless of their souls immortal, heeding not the call of God, passing onward, passing onward, tramping on the Saviour's blood, and they're passing on. They're walking on over the blood of Christ. Is that you tonight in the meeting? That's the action of the foolish, the simple people. They pass on heedlessly. Some would pass on angrily. There are many today, I guess, and their hearts is full of anger, full of wrath. When you do door-to-door visitation, you do find that. Now, I generally, I have to say, majority of people respect you, give you the time of day. But there are some people full of anger. We were over in Isle of Man the last couple of weeks, and I went to this particular door. And the man was out, he, came to, he says, go round the back. So I went round the back, and he opened up the door. And I just said this to him. We're just giving out a little invitation to God for me. Just getting, just beginning to say this. And that man let a squeal out of him. I, I couldn't tell you a demonstration. He let a squeal out of him. You heard it all over the whole park. Carl Maxwell was away down the street. And when I came out, the man that squealed with this loud pitching squeal that filled the whole street. And he slammed the door in my face. And I backed back. I, I, I was startled, but I had to say, I never expected this. And when I called him up, I said, Did you hear that? He said, I did. It's like a banshee. And the man was very angry. And I want to say tonight, he passed on angrily. He's full of wrath. You ever do open ears? And you're preaching the word of God, and people's angry. And they're shaking their fists, and they're saying things, and they're rebuking you, and mocking you as you stand in the street for the Lord Jesus Christ. And they pass on, and they pass on, and they're very angry. People's doing it. I want to say to any tonight who's unsaved, don't, don't pass on angrily. Don't, don't let this wrath, uh, this evil that's in your heart tonight. Remember, this is, a, this is a foolish man. This is the actions of foolish people. They pass on. And they pass on angrily. Some pass on confidently. What do I mean by that? Is I'd be all right at the end. I say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe there is a God. How many people we ask, especially over in the mainland when you do door-to-door visitation, even in the Shankill, I'll be talking to people, and generally may run the mill as well. Do you go to meetings yourself? or Do you believe in God? Well, over in England, over in Scotland, over in Wales, over in Australia, over in the Isle of Man, a lot of people will say, I don't believe in God. And some of them say, I'm very confident about this. And they pass on confidently. And the Bible says, Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. And they go on. And they go on. They says, I'll be all right in the end. There's no God. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no punishment. And they pass on confidently in themselves. This is the action of the simple, of the sinful man or sinful woman tonight. They pass on confidently. Is that you tonight? You say, I'm confident. I'm confident the Bible. The Bible's not true. I'm confident that all of this is all furry stories. Are you? I always say to people, when you come to die, and you're going to die in a couple of minutes, and I'm standing at your bed, and you say to me, there's no God, I say to them, will you be as confident then when you're going to die? Will you be able to look at me from your deathbed and say, well, Noel, 
I'm going to die in two minutes and there's no God. There's no heaven. There's no hell. Aye, some would be foolish enough to say, well, I, I will be. But first, some people are touched by those questions. Passing on. That, that, that's the action of the simple, simple, foolish people. They pass on here. They pass on here, uh, so I said, confidently. And uh, they pass on, and I lost my page here in a minute, foolishly as well. You look at the text. It says here that the pass on, prudent man forsaith even hideth himself. But the simple pass on, notice the words, and are punished. They're punished. They pass on. You see, here's a certainty. They are punished. And I want to say tonight, hell is real. And there they go. They're not listening. They're not listening to the gospel message, and they pass on. The Bible says what happens. The Bible says they're punished. They find themselves in hell. Remember Proverbs 29, verse 1 says, He that been often reproved, hardened his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and not without remedy. Suddenly they will be destroyed. Remember it says in Psalm 9, verse 17, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. You see, they pass on. The Bible said they'll be punished. They come before God in their sins. And they will be punished like the man in Luke 16, verse 23, in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. It's everlasting punishment too. In Matthew 25, verse 46, the Lord Jesus said these words, these shall go into everlasting punishment. It's not that it's just going to last for six months. It's not that the punishment is going to last for six years. It's everlasting punishment. And they pass on. To be punished for their sins. I want to say to you in closing tonight. Which man are you? Which man are you? We were singing that hymn passing onward. Quickly passing. But I ask thee. Whether bound. Where are you going tonight? Are you going to heaven? Or are you going to hell? If you're behaving like this simple. Foolish person in our text tonight. It's time to repent. It's time to come to Jesus Christ. In Psalm 19, verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise is simple. That's the same word, simple. Making wise is simple. What makes people wise is the Bible. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Turn from your sin and come and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. In other words, repent and believe the gospel. Don't pass on. This man passed on. This type of people, they pass on and are punished. They didn't come to Christ. And that will happen to any tonight who's unconverted. You're passing on through life. That's what the devil wants. He doesn't want you to stop. He doesn't want you to do what John the Baptist says. Behold, the Lamb of God was taken away the sin of the world. He wants you to pass on. He wants you to pass me tonight. He wants you to walk on. But he wants you to lose your soul. It's time to stop. It's time to consider. It's time to repent. It's time to trust the Lord. Come and trust him tonight. May God's word speak to your heart, making wise and simple, and show you your need of Christ and the way of salvation. It's through Christ, the blood of a lamb. He can take away your sin tonight. Which man are you tonight, the prudent or the simple man? Don't pass on. Oh, come to Christ. 
and he will save you tonight. And if I can help you, speak to me at the end of the meeting. We're here to help people, and you can come and trust Christ tonight, and he will save you and give you everlasting life. May God write his word upon all our hearts. We're going to close with uh, hymn 279. 279. We'll sing some of this hymn together. It'll sum up really what we've been saying. 279. Pass me not, O gentle Saviour, hear my humble cry while others are calling. Well, do not pass uh, me by. So we're going to stand to sing. Uh, We'll sing this hymn together. Okay. 279. together. Today we're here to help people. If you have any questions, do speak with us. Him has been saying that Jesus 
is passing. Pass me not, O precious Saviour. And the Lord's passing tonight in the preaching of the gospel. And I pray that you will put your faith and trust in him. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. I pray that you'll write it upon hearts. If any unconverted in the meeting or listening online, that, Lord, they will come to Christ and not go on any more without thee. But they will run like his prudent man and hide himself in Christ. And, Lord, bring them to yourself and may they be safe. Take us our separate ways now and keep us safe, Lord, until we meet again in this fashion. I pray in Jesus' wonderful and great name. Amen.